Joel. Welcome to The Huddle. It is 2022, and after a little bit of an absence, we are back. We are relaunched, and I am so excited. I just brought in an awesome intern, actually from my alma mater, LaSalle University, which I thought was like the coolest thing. I want to welcome Libby Gilliland to the show. She's going to be co-hosting with me. Libby, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. It's pretty wild, though, that we went to St. College. It is crazy, especially I'm from Kentucky, so Philly was a big jump, but it was really cool to hear that you're also from LaSalle. We have a connection in that way. Definitely so. Like, and I know, look, I know it's changed uh, because I went there uh, a long time ago. Um, but you play sport, too, right? I do. I play women's golf. All right. So uh, this could very easily turn into a golf show because uh, I am completely obsessed with the sport, although I sucked at it. So um, I'm sure you could crush me on a golf course. Um, but those are fun topics. I mean, you know, uh, how, what's it like being a D1 athlete there? It's really fun. It's a lot. Not exactly what I expected. I think when you're in high school, you have no idea what it's going to be like, but a lot of traveling, a lot of team interaction, and honestly, just a great time. We have we have fun. We practice a lot, and hopefully the goal is to just get better at golf. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it's really great because I think it lends to a lot of content that we'll get to later on in further episodes. Um, but I know there was something that you were really interested to talk about. I think it's pretty timely, too. I mean, you know, we're, we're back in a new semester. Um, it's been a really weird few years in terms of, like, COVID and restrictions and transitioning back. And, and I know that, you know, uh, that creates a lot of potential challenges for students. And, uh, you know, in particular, I know that some schools have these sort of staggered returns. <laughs> University of Delaware hasn't gone back yet. And I think they're scheduled back next week. And some people are remote. I mean... What's it been like for you all there? Yeah, we had our first week of classes on Zoom, completely online, and this week we're finally back in the classroom. A lot of schools have done it that way, and it's it's weird. It's weird to come back and meet your teachers through a screen, and then the next week, everybody's there. Yeah, that's got to be strange. I mean, if you're going to do either all online and virtually, like, okay, but having to meet the professor that way and then transition back into a classroom, you know, that's got to be pretty unique. And, um, I mean, what was virtual like for you? Is it, is that learning medium a challenge? Was it pretty easy for you? I think it is a challenge for me, especially I have a hard time focusing to a screen. I try to not look at a screen all day, but when you're on zoom classes, that's your job. That's what you have to do. Being stuck in a room with nobody else except your zoom classroom it's it's stressful it's hard on you mentally and i think it really takes a toll on not only some people's grades because it's just hard to learn that way i feel like there's no takeaway from your classes as the same as it would be when you're in person i think you learn a lot more you're interacting with your classmates instead of a breakout room on zoom yeah yeah i imagine that that you know, all those scenarios present some challenges. And, you know, I talk to probably like 30 to 35 college kids a week from, from all over the country, really. And, and each of them at different schools have really different experiences. And, um, you know, I was just kind of curious, you know, when 
uh, some kids would tell me uh, that they were anticipating going back to spring semester in class and then got news a week or two ago that no, in actuality, the first two weeks are going to be remote or the first week's going to be remote. Have you heard any of those kinds of stories and how are, how are kids reacting to them? I have heard a few, like I said, LaSalle just went online for a week, but I think even that really took the mood down of the whole school because last semester we were all in person and to see everybody outside, seeing the whole campus together, that's something in my experience I hadn't even seen before. I, I didn't even know this many people went to my school because everybody was in their rooms all the time. So I think this sudden switch from, oh, you're in person to, oh, you're online, it's really hard on everybody. And I think everybody reacts in different ways, but you know, if you're coming back from a holiday break, do you stay home for another week for kids who are traveling back? We're kind of forced, we have a flight to come back to our school and now you're just sitting in your room and none of your friends are back or you can't see them because you're scared of getting COVID. Overall, it's it's just hard on all of us. Yeah, you know, it just struck me that you just, you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that you've never had the opportunity to be on the campus like the first day or week of school when everybody was sort of walking around? No. Last year, when I was a freshman, we came in and didn't go to school the whole first semester. So I stayed home. I didn't know anybody. And when I got to school the second semester, everybody was online for pretty much everything. I had a a few classes in person, but then again, nobody was out on campus and it was winter too. But you just don't realize how many people are at your school and you don't get to meet half of them. You know, I worked on college campuses for 13 years as a psychologist. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I love working with college kids and and have for so long. Without question, though, my favorite day of the entire year while working on a campus was the first day when students were everywhere. I mean, in that first week, really, it's just electric. There's so much great energy. Just kids walking around everywhere. That was diminished a lot this year. Even if you go online for one week, when you're outside again, you're like, oh my gosh, I've already been through one week of classes. I'm already tired. And that electricity that you were talking about is pretty much gone already. You know, that really segues into you know, this conversation, because that, that energy and that momentum for, especially for college students who say didn't have a great fall semester and want to make changes and want to do things better in the second semester and, and have really tried over winter break to develop good habits and different habits and different approaches. Um, then they arrive back to school and they don't get to experience that momentum and energy so that's created themselves yeah and that's a real challenge and i know you're in what second year now i am second year but i'm graduating a year early so i'm a sophomore slash junior whatever you call it but with experience i'm i'm just a sophomore oh that's kind of cool yeah yeah how'd you swing that I came in with a few credits, but 
I just overwork myself and am taking a lot of classes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll sort of earmark overworking self as a, as a separate uh, episode. Yes. Um, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, especially as a student athlete, like you probably see it a lot with, with other athletes who, <laughs> you know, may not have done well academically uh, in their first semester. Um, and then, or in their season uh, semester, and then have to kind of like recoup and reset and, and do better. Um, you know, do you find that as a student, like you observe that, is that real challenging for people? Yeah, I definitely believe that. From my perspective as an athlete, even if you're not playing well in your season and you're doing fine in school and vice versa, it affects you the same way. You know, I've seen freshmen come in and do really well in school. I've seen them come in and not do great at school because they don't know how to acquaint themselves to the college life and that academic environment yet. The second semester is really where they are acquainted and they have to say, okay, we got to get our grades up because at a point you become ineligible to play. Being in person helps that. If you get up and go to class, you're going to learn more. You're going to be better than if you're just sitting in your room. But at the same time, you have to push yourself to get involved in other things and just get up and practice and do your work. And I think that's hard on a lot of people, especially if you don't understand the academic environment that you're in quite yet. So when you, when you say something like, you know, you just gotta get up and, and, and do your work, right? It, it sounds like that's just a decision that you just make. You choose and you just, you do it. And it might suck, but you do it anyway. Is that, is that the, at least the trick for you? I try to say that it is. Um, some days it's easier than others, but I'm very academically motivated and motivated towards my future. That pushes me every day because I want to get to where I want to be um, with the career that I want. And I know if I have good grades, I'll be more likely to do that. If I'm involved, I'll be more likely to do that. If I'm playing golf well, I'll be more likely to do that. So that's my motivation. And like I said, some days it works really well. And some days I sit in bed and don't want to do anything. Right. But, the, but so the next day, though, or whenever it is, like, what is it that allows you to get up and go then? I would say I just need one, like, happy text message or talk to a friend, being in the same space as somebody else to motivate me and say like, hey, you're doing a great job or just interact with somebody else um, to get that motivation again. I think I find myself being less motivated the more time I'm alone. And I think that's why going back to online school, why that time was so hard for everybody and it still is because you're just by yourself. And being in that environment in your classes with classmates there you can turn to the side and be like hey I'm confused can you help me or encourage somebody else and they'll do the same to you you're you're you know what there's a couple of things that you said there that, that are just so huge in terms of um, maintaining uh, a successful mindset over the course of a semester um, and the, the one thing was that you're highlighting um, the, the value 
of having accountability partners in your life, right? So, and, and I imagine, you know, as an athlete who chose to continue playing sport in college that, you know, you've, you've probably had the benefit of being surrounded by some structure in terms of your, your time, you know, like you have to go to practice, you have to train, you have to go to class, um, and, but you have coaches that if you don't go, they're going to let you know about it. Yep. Um, those are accountability partners. And I think for so many kids, when they want to do better and they're at home and, you know, and, and their parents who have been accountability partners since the time they were born, um, are, are told promises that I'm going to do better this semester. When I go back to school, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do that differently. And maybe very, very well intended. But then they get back to campus without the accountability partners. And they have to do that on their own. And whether it's like managing time or structure, that's got to be pretty challenging. I think it is. And looking maybe at a freshman coming in, if you don't have an accountability partner going into school, if you don't know anybody, it, it gets even harder. With kids who go to school in-state, you maybe have some high school friends, but you're maybe trying to branch out. And in a new environment, it's hard to find people you can trust to be that accountability partner. It's a great point, right? You know, who can who can you rely on? And, and who, who do you associate with, really, that is getting the best out of themselves and wants you to get the best out of yourself? You know, and, and really kind of commit to that exchange. That's pretty unique. And the that whole idea, though, about accountability, like it really, it really parallels the whole. You know, we're we're heading into February uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And you know, by now, many many millions of people are thirty one days into their New Year resolutions, and there is a substantial percentage of them that have fallen back into old habits. Largely, and one of the big reasons is because of an absence of accountability partners. And, you know, college students are, they're, it's, it's no exception really. I want to do better this semester. I want to do better this semester. And I'll start out studying differently, but then fall back into an old pattern. It's a big key to success. It is. With every student, going back to finding that person and like you said who like who can you trust to be that person and who wants the best for you is that a professor that you have that you really like your class and you connect with and maybe they can hold you to a higher standard or another faculty member a friend a teammate choosing one or two people that can be there for you and text you every day and make sure if your goal is to eat three meals a day text them what you're eating every day or if your goal is to go to the library for two hours a day they'll go with you just having that person there is so important because you can only hold yourself to those standards for so long like you said it's been 31 days I can say my new year's resolution is not going well so I wait, need wait, I wait, need... wait 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 really <laughs> <laughs> what happened <laughs> I just I I lost my accountability partners and it's exactly what you said. It's it's so hard to get back into your college environment and do the same things that you were doing in your home environment because it's a completely different atmosphere. 
Yeah, it is. Oh, that's a great point, too. So I think a lot of times and I have these conversations with, with college kids over winter break who, who want to do better and want to do it differently. And they imagine all that happening. Uh, and the fantasy of that is very lovely. Yet it requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of self-discipline and it requires continuing to make those choices when you're back in a social context with a lot more power than there is at home. A lot more distractibility, a lot more temptation. And that makes it all the more difficult. And you introduced another word that was probably, like, without question, the most popular challenge I heard in the past two years um, from parents who would call me uh, about their kid um, or, or the students themselves. And um, this is aside from, although it's related to things like anxiety and depression and mental health, but um, motivation that, wow, I mean, if this COVID experience really tested people, it was on self-motivation. And not only with academics, uh, but with everything else, really. Yeah, in every aspect of your life, you have to be motivated to get up, to go eat breakfast, to go to class, every thing in your day is a decision and it takes an ounce of motivation to do anything and if you're lacking it completely it's really hard to get the task that you need to get done done so as you as you kind of uh, you know, as a college student and a student athlete you know um thinking about the next if this is week one or two at la salle you know the next 12 to 13 weeks of the semester do you or are you hearing that, like, you know, things are going to let up a little bit and, and get a bit easier? Do you kind of look forward to a bit more normalcy? Or are you all concerned that, like, oh, my God, here we go again? Personally, our campus is doing really good on the COVID front. But I think you always worry. At this point, it's always in the back of our minds. Tomorrow, are we going to be online? Are we going to get sent home again? all we can hope for is a normal semester because even when it is hard it's better than being sent back home but yeah it's in the back of our minds but we're hopeful that our school is going to keep doing the right thing and our community is going to keep doing the right thing and we're gonna get back to normal and be able to be all together and continue that because we have been for the last week and it's been really nice. It's nice to get back in the classroom and see the teachers that you know and see some familiar faces. Yeah, that, um, I, I think you're right, actually. Like, I, I, I do think, I'd be shocked if they backpedaled and, and went, you know, remote or let alone send you all home. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I, I don't think they could afford it, to be honest with you, that that would really impact um, the financial picture for thousands of colleges. Um, so they're, they're going to do their best to, um, you know, 
keep you all there. Yeah, I think they will. And I think they're dedicated to that, not only for the finances of it, but, you know, they want the best for us and they, they want to see us on campus. They want that electricity back, like you were talking about. Even when we're all stressed and silent because we're studying, I think there's still just a community there when you're on campus, seeing everybody going to class and walking into the library or eating a meal together. It gives you a sense of hope that we're going to be back to normal and it's okay. And these people are in it with you and they've gone through the same things that you've gone through. Yeah. Um, that relatability piece is really key. Um, uh, you're all going through this together. So there's certainly an understanding and, and all, um, you know, I'm curious too, just in terms of uh, LaSalle's campus anyway. Um, obviously, you know, the, this, this pandemic has, you know, impacted students across the board, um, elementary, uh, middle, high school, college, grad school, everything really, um, on the academic front. Um, we are though, without question, in the midst of probably one of, if not the biggest mental health crisis that this country has seen. And I'm just curious having, you know, a lot of colleagues uh, still heading counseling centers and working in counseling centers across campuses. How's LaSalle doing with that in terms of mental health awareness and highlighting, you know, services for available to students? It can always be better anywhere you go. I've done a lot of research and, you know, trying to raise awareness for the mental health resources that we do have. We have an on-campus counseling center. We have a sports psychologist that's available to the athletes. But I think there's still just a stigma around it. And, like, I don't want to be seen walking in there because somebody's going to think that I'm weak. Or, especially for an athlete, that's such a hard thing to tell your coach. Hey, I'm struggling, not even with my sport, but mentally I just can't do it. And that's something that I've had to tell my coach. And it's an impossible conversation because you're just wondering if they'll understand. If you have a community that is going through the same things that you're going through, it makes it easier. But you never know until you talk about it. And I think that's the whole point of this is just to get the conversation out and say it's okay if you need to reach out and if you need to get help. Because at the end of the day, your accountability partner, whoever you trust on your campus, is going to be there to help you. Yeah. Um... And I know that when we first spoke, um, that raising mental health awareness, particularly among um, student athletes and specifically among women who participate in, in athletics, was something that you really wanted to focus on. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited that we have an opportunity to do that and really. Uh, hope to grow this audience uh, among your peers, you know, and look, I'd be happy with 15 million followers and subscribers. I mean, I'm sure you would too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right? We got to get this thing on like Golf Channel and all that stuff too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, but, you know, it, 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 has been, it has been great to see, you know, a lot of pro athletes um, and uh, collegiate athletes who are acknowledging the need for mental health services and even 
people who have come out and certainly disclosed their their particular challenges and some certainly notable athletes. Um, uh, but again, like when it comes, you describe the scene perfectly, and this is one of the things that occurs on every college campus is that um, students are made aware that those services exist. However, walking into that um, office, labeled office, it, it does, it really challenges uh, kids um, to negotiate their way through that stigma. As you were talking about, it is a time of mental health crisis. And I think for a small school like LaSalle, we don't have a lot of people in that service to help us. So if there's an appointment that's not available the first time you try, are you going to try again? I think it gets harder the more you get turned down. And I know in my situation, I'm, I'm an out-of-state student and there's some laws that prevent me from getting help from our counseling center because I'm not from Philadelphia. So those students are left out of that and it's hard to just keep trying and reaching out because at the end of the day, do you have the motivation for it if you're really going through something troubling? Yeah, that's something we'll have to look into because um, first of all, you know, uh, or at least when, uh, and again, like I did that work for, for, 13 years at three different schools um, and have worked with literally thousands and thousands of college kids. Um, the, the ratio, I, I believe, um, used to be, and it may have changed, but I, I don't know that it has, that a college or university is, I think, supposed to have one licensed mental health professional per every 1500 students which if you think about it that's a pretty uh radical ratio it is especially with all the kids trying to get in it oh, just yeah. it seems like a lot for one person yeah and, the, and what's happened is it's really, it's great that kids are trying to get in, but what's occurred uh, over years is that in order to manage the influx of students for which there is a, a small staff, colleges will do one, have done one of a couple of things, and maybe all. One is that they limit the number of individual sessions. It used to be that you could go to individual counseling for, if you wanted to go for four years, you could. Uh, so now they're, they're doing short-term individual models, two sessions, four sessions, maybe six or eight if you're lucky. Um, if a student then wants to continue to do only individual sessions, they may be referred into the private sector to do that, which presents its own challenges and costs. Second, um, the schools have um, gone more to group therapy. So they're offering a variety of groups, which still offers support and, and still a really, really tremendous um, way to help. Um, and they're able to serve more students at once. 
Um, but again, a lot of students are like, well, I don't, I don't, why would I want to talk in front of, you know, other people that I might know or Mm -hmm. see in a cap or a game or whatever. Uh, and then finally, you know, they'll, they've opted to just outsource it and, um, certainly makes it challenging. For out of state students too, does it make sense to find a counselor where you're from in your hometown or does it make sense to go where you are in school? And that's something that I've struggled with too, but even if you're from the state, it's it's a financial problem if you can't afford it or insurance doesn't cover it, you still need the help. So what what can a college campus do? Because I know when you go on college visits, they're like, oh, we have all of these resources. Okay, but can we actually get those resources for how long can we? And that's not something that's really talked about until you need it and realize that you can't have it. Exactly. And unfortunately, uh, the trend uh, that's sort of always been there is that students in general uh, tend to wait to ask for help. And when they wait, it's usually post midterms. So in the fall, it's like mid-October or even later. November, the day after Thanksgiving, or the Monday after Thanksgiving, that that time frame in terms of getting appointments is near next to impossible. And the same thing happens in the spring. So if a student isn't proactive um, early, then yes, that will become a challenge. So if a student has something more chronic going on, it may actually be advantageous for them to be working with someone from their home state with the understanding though that some states and there's a little bit of a push right now with this libby about um uh, states with licensed mental health professionals having reciprocity in other states so like if you're from kentucky and you're working with a therapist from kentucky and you're going to school in pennsylvania that therapist in Kentucky isn't licensed in Pennsylvania, they're not supposed to be seeing you. Yeah. You know, but one one thing that has happened during COVID is that there has been with telehealth, you know, we, we were on the cusp of it, but now we've been completely launched into it. And with that has come an increased pressure in legislation to um, allow um, mental health professionals to continue to work with people that now reside in other states. And in particular, this affects college students. So if I'm working with someone for like three years while they're in high school, and then they go to college in Arizona, and they're like, well, I don't want to see anybody else. Um, we're hopeful that, you know, there, there will continue to be um, this reciprocity that goes on between states so that uh, someone doesn't have to lose any continuity of care. I mean, lots of kids don't want to start it. Yeah. And that that's what happened to me when I went to school. My therapist said, I can't help you anymore. And that's, what do you do at that point? And it, it really set me back and I was confused and I didn't understand why that made sense. But it does. And hopefully there's some legislation that can be made to fix that because you said something that really resonated with me. If we're not taught 
you need to get help for mental health if you're not experiencing it yet. You, you don't know until there's an emergency or it comes up again because sometimes it goes into a lapse and you think you're fine and then it pops back up again and now you can't get an appointment. I think the schools just need to do a better job of giving us that education and helping us when when we do really have an emergency are they going to be there for us Mm -hmm. well you know one of the things that i'm i'm really excited for libby and 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 i'm so i'm I'm so glad that you know you're a part of this podcast is that um i hope that that this starts to reach people and that it can at least help in terms of educating people like what it's like on college campuses now, what students are dealing with, what even high school kids are dealing with in terms of preparing them for transition into college um, and, and just sort of really serve as a resource for them. And as we cover like just so many different topics related to mental health and raising awareness among athletes, among students, um, that, that we can really be of, of, of help to a lot of people. Exactly. I think we're just here to raise awareness and get the word out and hopefully be a little light in someone's life or maybe the online accountability partner that they need to get through the day. Yeah, so we're we're really excited about that. I'm really grateful that, that Libby's going to be joining us for the next 10 years um, <laughs> and, uh, or however long she wants to. Really excited about upcoming episodes. So be sure y'all subscribe and, and tell all your friends about it. And, you know, we've want to you know be getting word out to as many people as possible we want to thank everybody for tuning into the huddle this week looking forward to a weekly episode um so um, we're really pumped about that and, and libby thanks again for uh for joining and I'm, I'm really excited yeah absolutely thanks for having me you bet and we will see you all sometime very soon thanks so much for tuning in take care